All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome to, uh, is this week five, Moses? I think so. Week five of the Practicing the Practices series on our podcast. We are so excited that you are taking some time to hang out with us today. We are talking about tithing. That's right. I said on Sunday that I believe that God has given us the gift of tithing as an inner, wor- inner world ordering weapon. Uh, that there's nothing like giving that keeps our hearts tender. And uh, to help us unpack this a little bit more, I've got two of my dear friends uh, sitting right to my right is the one and only Pastor Chris Otts. Uh, yes, he, he has taken two vacations in the past three weeks, but that does not mean that he doesn't care about you. It just means that he is really committed to resting, That's right. being Self-care. at his best, Self-care. being at his best for you. And sitting right next to him is the one and only, the Dave Master, the Dave-O-Matic, the El Pastor, the El Diablo, <laughs> Mr. Dave Bresman in the house. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, JD. And for the record, I have not taken any vacations the past <laughs> couple well, Dave, of weeks. Jokes on you. Jokes on you. Dave, Dave. your life is a vacation, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> All right. Well, um, tithing can be, as we talked about this on Sunday, tithing could be a, a bit of a touchy subject. Uh, sure. Because as we've been walking through the practices, their lifestyle addressing uh, but they're also very enticing. It's like, man, I want to read my Bible more. I want to worship more. I want to uh, live a simpler life. I, w- I want to engage the heart of God more. I want to learn how to say no to some things in my life, to say yes to more of who God is in my life. And then all of a sudden we get to this very practical thing where we're not just talking about the desires of our hearts or the rhythm of our life. We're talking about our budget. And that's when things can start feeling a little bit funny. I quoted my dad on Sunday, and I'll quote him again, that, that money can make you feel a little funny from time to time. Yeah. Uh, Jesus knew this, and he addressed it often, actually, mm. in the Bible. I think Jesus addressed finances in some way, shape, or form more than he addressed any singular subject throughout the Gospels, which I find interesting, uh, but also not surprising. Because Jesus also said in Matthew 6, 21, that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so there is a direct correlation to where we find our treasure uh, and where we find our hearts. And as I said on Sunday, again, God's not after your money. He's after your affection. And uh, what generosity does, what tithing, what the rhythm of tithing does in our life is that it builds into the fabric of who we are a revelation that the earth is the Lord's and he owns all of it. He's mm-hmm. in control. He is our security. He's our provision. And we has a, have a tendency as humans to drift towards our security being in monetary gain. If I have enough of this, then I will be safe. My kids will be taken care of. I'll be taken care of. And God is saying actually that all of that affection is to come to me. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and then all of those other things will be added. Now I will say this, tithing is one of those things that can be easier said than done. It could be uh, exciting to talk about. Uh, We get charged up about it, but then practically it gets really tough. So that's why I wanted to bring in uh, some of you might not know this. A he, he used to be an elder around here, but he retired his eldership. Uh, 
And uh, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's my fault. But uh, Dave, I, I wanted you here because you you have lived this uh, and modeled this in your life for generations. <laughs> Thank you, JD. <laughs> so how how has two questions? How has tithing changed your life? And second question is, when did you start tithing? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know. Uh, I was thinking about uh, back when I got my first job. My first job at 16 years old, I worked at Burger King. And then Burger King. Burger King. Advanced to dishwasher <laughs> after that. Wow. And I was thinking back, like, did I? I was trying to remember, did it? Was I tithing back when I was a teenager? I'm pretty sure the answer was no. You know, I, I'd like to say that it was yes, but I don't recall that happening. You but, don't think that full 10% was coming out of that $3 an hour? Probably, probably zero. I think it was three twenty-five yeah. an hour at the time. Hey, come but, a long uh, way. But when D and I graduated college. Now, who's D if people don't D, know you? my wife, D. The uh, geese. Yeah, I've been married 33 years now. Ooh, um, here we go. We uh, graduated college, both got engineering jobs, moved to Silicon Valley. And so that was our first time of making any real money. And we um, honestly, early on, just really decided at that time, it's like we're, you know, we're going to be committed to tithing. And, in, and it's interesting, in some ways, I've heard the phrase around Antioch before, this phrase of, you know, live simply, work diligently, give generously. Yeah. And I didn't really know the phrase back then, but in some ways I feel like we sort of adopted that early on, you know, in our marriage. And so as we um, got, you know, engineering jobs, made, started making some, you know, real money, we early on began the practice of tithing. And, uh, and I think it's been, uh, for us, uh, it's been a rhythm that was established early. Mm. And I think that's helped us just keep that rhythm throughout our lives. And, you know, I would encourage, I mean, honestly, for anyone who is listening to this and is a recent college graduate, a young professional, that I would encourage you to get in that habit early yeah. because I think it is a, a practice that does become a habit, uh, you know, as, as you adopt it early. And, yeah. you know, for people that maybe haven't been in that rhythm and, and you're, uh, you're kind of listening to this and it's like, yeah, I'd really like to jump into that. I'm always encouraged by the fact that today's a new day. That's right. You know, we can always jump in. That's and, right. uh, so, uh, uh, anyway, I hope that, no, know. that's great. I, I think I, you know, I've been in, involved in Antioch for goodness over 20 years. And that phrase live simply work diligently and give generously. Gosh, I've heard that a million times, but at the same time, it sounded new. Like I haven't thought through that lens, um, in 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 a, in a in a really long time, and that encapsulates, I think, a lot of the fruit of the practice, right? Right, like mm -hmm. the the fruit of having a rhythm that is saying, "I'm going to seek first the kingdom of heaven in everything, not just with my mind, my heart, my eyes, 
my body, my actions, but also with my pocketbook. And I'm going to order my life around that. So I'm going to live sim more simply than right. maybe I could. Right. Right. And, and I'm going to still work super hard so that I can give generously. And I think one of the things that generosity does is that it allows us to live in freedom right. in our finances. Yeah. Right. Again, money is not bad, but money out of order in us can be very bad. Right. And, you know, we we oftentimes joke that it's it it's easier sometimes to be generous when you don't have anything mm -hmm. than when actually you do. <laughs> you know, like giving everything away when you just have twenty bucks. Let's do it. You know, I mean <laughs> Who cares? I only have 20 bucks, you know what I'm saying? Right. But when you actually have a lot, that phrase feels different. Like it, it has a different weight to it. Um, and I, I think that it's the building into our life, this this rhythm of tithing allows us to our approach what God has given us with with joy and, and, and not feeling like with obligation or guilt. Like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I... Is it okay that I have this much money? What's going on? Well, no. I mean, if we're seeking first the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. and it's in order in our lives, then we we might be given the opportunity to steward a lot of resource and you might not. You know, it's, it's not a promise, but it's also not something that we run from because there's so much freedom that comes when our, when our money is in order. Chris, I'd love for you to speak to this. You um, do such a great job of keeping your inner world in order. Uh, how how has tithing been a bedrock for you in helping you reset some things within your life? Yeah, so I watched my parents tithe. This was back before we did online giving. And so every week at church, I would watch my parents turn Guys, in an envelope. There used to be this thing where we would pass the basket <laughs> and you had a thing called cash <laughs> yeah it's this paper that's given monetary uh, value by the government yes. it's a fascinating a fascinating fascinating thing. thing it wasn't you know in the blockchain um, <laughs> but i would watch my parents do this and you know we say that phrase to live simply work diligently and give generously that was that like defines my parents like really, really defines my parents. And so, but I didn't have that language. And so I watched them do something. And then when I was about like Dave, I, you know, didn't have any money in college. And then I got married and had my first job. I just did what I had seen. Yeah. And I did that for a number of years, just doing what I had seen. So the journey of really understanding what tithing actually did to my inner world was a process over time, you know, to where I was giving and then understanding what happened when I gave. So like one of the things I started to do to like make this more real to me, because we went through some really lean times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the opportunity to cut out that giving mm. was there every week yeah i mean christy and i had some some such lean times where we made the decision one week to go all right we can tithe and do one other thing mm. we need groceries or baby food we can't do all three wow mm -hmm. 
And so we were forced to come up with the decision. And, you know, what we did at that point, and it's still a practice we keep, is we do, you know, auto bill pay and, and all that stuff. And yeah. we even auto tithe. Um, it's on a, a monthly reminder. But we intentionally set it to hit before any other bill pays. Oh, wow. Because we want our hearts to be positioned every month to say the first thing we do with our resources right. is to give. So literally on the first of every month, our auto tithe hits. And I have set up that bills don't get paid until like a couple of days later, mm. just as like a reminder for when mm. I, you know, balance my checkbook. I don't have a checkbook anymore, but that whole practice. I was of, about to be like, bro, I ain't nobody balanced nothing these days, bro. When I check my bank. Ain't nobody balanced their checkbook. No one's balanced their checkbook. Dave probably still balanced. You probably old school paper and pen that thing, don't you, Dave? <laughs> no, I don't. But I, but I love what you're saying, Chris. Yeah, it's it, that first fruits concept and yeah. just... What are my priorities? Even in the simple idea of I'm just going to schedule it sooner than everything else. Yeah, yeah. I just I love just the. Just I think it's the, important that we build into the rhythm of tithing that it does come out first because if it comes out last, it probably won't come out at all. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there can be a temptation to say, you know, if I, as an example. You know, I've got some investments. I'll just wait a little bit longer. They'll go up, and I'll be able to give more. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, that yeah. that that kind of mindset can it can look back and you know I haven't given for five years. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so having some dis, I just again, Chris, I love the discipline of what yeah. you're saying there. Yeah, I, I think I want to hit on what Chris said too because both Dave and Chris has mentioned this, and it's true in my life as well. Uh, in college specifically, and I know we have a lot of college students at our church. Um, the idea of tithing kind of feels like it's something that happens later. Mm. Yeah. You know, that it's a, it's a practice that is for people who have jobs or consistent work or something like that. Or maybe you're given money from your parents and you're like, wait, are, am I supposed to tithe on, did my parents tithe? Am I ha do I have tithed on funds? You know what I'm saying? Or, mm. or maybe your parents, like they give you a certain amount of money. They're like, do not give any of this money to the church. You know, there's a million scenarios of what it could be. I, but I want to speak to those among us who don't have steady work right now. Tithing is not just for those who have jobs. You can tithe so many things. I'm so moved. We have a college student that has a conviction about the practice of tithing. And so he tithes his time. So he mm. serves on multiple serve teams. He's like, I can't give any money as my tithe, but I can tithe my time. There's so many creative ways where we can build this practice of, I really want to give my best, the first fruits to the people of God and what God's doing. Um, because again, it's an inner world order, ordering weapon. And when we do that first, Everything else has a way of finding its rightful place. And uh, it's hard. Like I, Liz and I have had some really lean times as well. And you're like, dude, it would be nice to not have to, you know, that $300 looks good. You know, wow. you're like, Ooh, yeah, man, that can go a long way. That'll go a long way, you know, and it, 
and I'm so thankful because my life, I, I was so blessed to have parents that, that tithe and, and even, you know, for, for all you moms and dads that are listening to this, something my parents said, I'm so thankful for, because I think tithing is a discipline, just like all the practices that if you get it early, it is easier than trying to get it going late. Yes. Uh, if you know, because it's a lot harder to subtract money from your rhythm of life, uh, than it is to add. And for so, sure. uh, my parents, put three cups on our dresser and we got like a dollar 25 a week for allowance or something like that. And they would pay it to us in change and we would have to first tithe, put, put 10% in the tithe cup. And then we'd put another 10% in the saving cup. And then there was the spending cup. And then whenever the ice cream man came or something like that, he'd be like, oh, can we get some ice cream? Like, well, check your spending cup. Yeah, you know? fantastic. Um, and, that, and so as long as I can remember, I had a rhythm of tithing and I'm thankful because when it was hard right. financially, it was so established in me to this is, this is a practice that I'm gonna live from that I wasn't tempted really to steer away from it. So take that concept of the three cups into the digital age in our current world. We do the same thing now with our kids, but their allowance is on their phones through an app called Greenlight. Yeah, so literally every month they get an allowance and it automatically separates it into four buckets. Oh, wow. Which is spending, mm. saving for something specific, investments and giving what i found the challenge to be in that and i think it's a challenge for most of us that you know are raising kids and we want to instill this value or even just i'm trying to give and be generous i'm mm. trying to tithe but it's the living in the digital age where i'm we don't write checks anymore mm-hmm you know, I, that's why I say I have to like look at my bank account to remind myself that I gave because I need to see it. Yeah. I need yeah, yeah. to like not just have it be a part of my auto bill pay. I need to look at it and go, no, this is a choice. God, I choose, as you said, like early on, Dave, in our conversation, you said something like, you know, tithing so much is about submitting my life to God. Right. So when Mm -hmm. I see it, though I may not have written a check, though I may not have handed cash, because that's just not the world we live in anymore, I experience that a reminder again of, okay, God, my life is submitted to you. So that includes my finances. I think that's, to me, that's really key. This, This idea that, you know, as Christians, are we, you know, coming under the authority of God's word? And... I think that that affects, I mean, this practices series touches all those points, yeah. but tithing is one aspect of that. Are we coming under and submitting the authority of God's word? And off, and in today's culture, to be honest with you, the, the idea of coming under and submitting to, to anything, to any sort of, you know, authority can be a, a you can get a lot of pushback for that. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> No, I think you're right. And uh, 
Dave, I'd actually love for you to speak to this because there, there is a, when you, when you look uh, historically at um, giving in the church um, and when you start breaking down, you know, there's a million companies now that provide stats on, on just about everything. Uh, but there's been a shift in specifically how kind of 26 to 40 year olds view giving. Mm-hmm. And specifically within the church, uh, the view on tithing um, can be a little contentious where it's just like, you know, why does this matter anymore? You know, is this right. a practice that I need to have alive in my life? But it's but it's not necessarily that giving is down in that generation. It is the, it, sorry, that's my, if you can hear Davey, my dog, he is protecting us right now from some great danger. <laughs> um, uh, but but I, I think that you see that causes that we're cause driven. Like we're cause like you know, you see like, hey, give to this. Mm. And the amount of money that can be raised is mind bending. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this idea of giving towards things hasn't fully gone away. Right. But you you said something before we went on about, and you mentioned it about the the really it's are we going to submit, yeah, to what the Bible says that there's this principle that is laid before us that is telling us to bring our tithe into the storehouse, bring right. to the house of God, and then there's also an admonition to give on top to yes. your tithe and your offering. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's not a right. one or only. Sure. How has that, as you've grown and your resources have grown and then your family grew and, you know, you had all these different stages. How has that been a tension that you felt of like, do I give to a cause? Do I keep giving to the church? Like how, how do you balance? How do you indeed mm. balance the continual needs of people around us, missionaries yeah. that we love, sure. you know, how, how does that work out practically for you? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a great question. And, uh, I feel the, the approach that we've taken is really just, we, we tithe 10% to the church and sometimes more, but I love the idea of let's just fix on, we're going to give the church 10%. And there are opportunities beyond that. I mean, anyone who is in relationship with people, you know, that you're, you're going to find opportunities that are, that are going to come up. I mean, it's people have uh, needs for paying for education. Uh, Someone in your life group, their appliances break, they have no money. You know, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. You know, their car breaks down and they're taking the bus and, or hitching rides with friends or whatever, trying there. If, if we're in community with people, opportunities will come up yeah and those are uh i feel great opportunities to express uh just the love of god to people we know or maybe people we don't even know that well yeah but um but uh you know the to me the idea of let's give 10 percent to the church and there may be more but there are opportunities around us yeah. you know and whether it's there's there's Tons happening, obviously within Antioch, the Antioch Global uh, Missions 
activities we've got going on. There are needs out there. So there's no shy of needs if we're really in community with people. So I would just encourage us to, you know, let's be in community with people and just be asking, Lord, lead me to where those needs are. Yeah. And uh, and jump in. I mean, off to be honest with you, often it's not a super spiritual decision to say, hey, there's a need, you know, and it's like we love these people and let's jump in and help out. You know, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. So sometimes it is. But uh, well, so, I, th- I think it comes back to that. Live simply, work diligently, uh, give generously. And and I, I'm going to make a really bold statement here and uh I, I just think it needs to be said for the sake of clarity. If you are giving to a world vision or you give money to your neighbor or something like that, you're not tithing, you're giving. Yes. Right. And, and so I think that's an important differentiation. Agreed. Of like, you're, you're giving and that's rad that you're giving, but don't call that tithing because that's not what tithing is biblically. That's an offering biblically that's the above and beyond right and i think we've distorted it we're like okay i'm going to give away 10 percent. i'm going to tithe 10 percent. i'm going to give three percent here and three percent here and three percent here three percent here um and that's not tithing um that's giving but that's not tithing and the reason i say that is because i really take the word of god serious and when god says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse I don't think that this tension of giving some here and some here and some here is a new tension. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it's a new tension. I I think that it's an old ancient tension that there will always be need. Right. There will always be opportunity. There will always be something that we can give towards, but we're to bring our whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And I'm believing for that overflow to happen in people's lives as we are saying, you know what? I'm going to bring my whole tithe into the storehouse. Yeah, you know, I mean, when I looked at this throughout the the history of the Israelites, you know, a number of years back, just curious about this particular thing, you know, does, I was a a lead pastor of a church at the time leading Antioch Wheaton. I was wrestling again with, is it my whole tithe that needs to go in (laughs) or define whole tithe? (laughs) Just, you know, honestly, we had, you know, three young kids. We were trying to do an adoption. Things felt tight and just wondering like, can I give to my own adoption? Does that count as my tithe? Mm -hmm. You know, just trying to wrestle one. I was really wrestling with God. Do you see me? And will you provide for me? Well, go ahead. That's really what I was wrestling with. But what I actually learned was really fascinating is that the average Israelite would give roughly 25% of their income away to the purposes of God every year. 10% 10% of that went into the storehouse. The other 15% were for various different offerings and festivals so that they would be able to be all that they needed to be to worship God. Wow. So you know, I then found it funny that I was wrestling with, mm. God, you're asking so much with, 20, with 10%. And God's like just conviction to me was like, really? 
I, I asked them more, you know, um, and then just that conviction of Jesus again saying, actually ask for your whole life. Mm. Yeah. I asked for all, all of you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to give, do you want to give me 10% of your worship? Mm. Do you want Ooh. to give me 10% of your prayer Right. and offer the 90 up to someone else? Or do you want to give your full self to me? And that that's where it came back to. It was like, okay, ultimately, God, I want to give you all of me. Mm-hmm. You're asking for 10% to go to my church mm-hmm. from my dollars. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. that's I'm in on that. Yeah, and look, this is a hard practice, and you might have felt offended at some point listening to this, and I would encourage you to take where it rubbed you to the Lord. Take oh, it to the Word okay. of God. Um, and, and let, let, let the Bible be your guide through this, because again, our heart and, and what I believe God's heart is for us in this thing is that we would grow in more affection for him. Yeah. And this is a tool that we've been given to keep our hearts soft before the Lord. And it's been perverted and destroyed and distorted and stolen from us. Mm. And uh, we want to take it back and say, no, like unapologetically, man, we want to be cheerful givers. Like we, because this is a weapon that we have to see our hearts stay soft and tender towards the Lord. And it opens up the door for God to do so much through our lives. Uh, and the impact that happens uh, with a generous church is just mind boggling yeah, yeah. what God can do. Hey, so thankful that you guys would uh, take some time and listen to this today. Thanks again, Dave, for being here. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much. And just just a wealth of wisdom. Thanks, Chris. Always, always fun to talk to you guys. And uh, cannot wait for next week.